Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Yesterday, we celebrated Patriots Win Monday, and I've continued on and made an executive decision to call this Patriots Win Tuesday still. So joining us now, the guy who is on the call of every Patriots game this season, it's Bob Sosi, friend of the show, comes on every single Tuesday at this time. Bob, last week, you joined us nicely from the 17th or 18th green somewhere. So the first question for you is this. What was worse, your putting last Tuesday or Zach Wilson's performance on Sunday? Um, well, first of all, my, my putting was the best part of my game. And it was still worse than Zach Wilson's performance with two interceptions in his first two attempts against the Patriots and three in his first five. So that only tells you about my drive off the tee or lack thereof. Oh, man. Well, we're glad you had a little fun on the golf course yesterday. You were out for a good cause, hobnobbing with the stars. You know, I was listening to Nick Wright today, and Nick Wright gets a lot of grief from Patriots fans. I happen to think he's a very good host, but he said the way that the Patriots are handling Mac Jones is good for winning winning individual games. He said it's bad for quarterback development. What do you make of that statement? I actually find that, it, in my opinion... And first of all, getting a lot of grief from from listeners, I guess that's a sign of being a good radio talk show host, because it seems to be a common denominator (laughs) with many of the most successful Brady, as you well know. But I think it's better for the development of Mac Jones than, for example, what we saw from Zach Wilson under Mike LaFleur's game plan, or maybe there is a happy medium there. First of all, Jones addressed the issue on Sunday about the average yards per pass attempt, average depth per target, which has been a subject that everybody's been talking about, uh, whether favorably or uh, with a negative slant on it over the last couple of weeks. And I think that there is valid questions and criticism that goes along with the inability or at least the lack of a presence of a vertical game. But to me, you you start from the baseline, don't make mistakes. You've got a veteran defense. You have a solid special teams unit. You're in scoring range. Don't take yourself out of scoring range with a sack. Don't take yourself out of a position uh, to score with a turnover. Don't give the opposition a short field. What we saw his first drop back in his pro career, he got hit and the ball went backward. Maybe not all on him. Johnny Smith missed a block, but nonetheless, that was a mistake that he didn't repeat. And I think from from that standpoint, when I look at Mac Jones, yeah, I think there there are more yards to be gained. And I think this offense will continue to evolve and to grow. And I think that's the thing we've talked about a little bit already in, in, in our previous chats. There is something here that Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator can work from to evolve this offense as the season goes along. We're in game uh, week three after game two of an 18-week, 17-game season with a rookie quarterback with two new wide receivers and two new tight ends who are instrumental parts of the game plan. And also with a huge question mark at right tackle because of the injury to Trent Brown. So there are a variety of factors at play here. McDaniels addressed those in his media availability this morning regarding play calling, regarding the situation of the game, the situation of the opponent, and as well what the quarterback sees relative to all the different factors at play on any given snap. So to me, the first step is not to make mistakes. Don't fall into bad habits. You can go from there. Mac Jones, as I said on Sunday, and talked about, he put it on himself. 
I need to look downfield more. I need to take more shots and, and hold on to the ball a little longer if necessary. I'd rather have a quarterback at this stage of his career who's uh, cautious, if you will, and doesn't make the critical mistakes than a quarterback like a Zach Wilson who, who's out there playing chuck and duck and, and try to use what is a strength of his, the ability to throw off balance on unscripted plays, but being forced to do that with regularity as opposed to giving him some easy throws, some easy check downs, getting into a rhythm, moving his offense, and in the case of the Jets, not taking advantage of very good field position. The Patriots, you mentioned those wide receivers, those tight ends. How do you think those guys feel about signing here in the offense playing like this? I mean, we're too early in the season to say people are resentful, but guys aren't getting the ball eight catches a game, ten catches a game, and they're not scoring touchdowns. You know as well as I do, pass catchers, they can be diva-ish. Do you think guys are happy if the offense continues like this? Brady, I don't think you sign with the Patriots with the expectation that, that you're going to get the ball thrown to you you know, 15 times a game. Huh? <laughs> and certainly not as a tight end. I, I think that Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are well aware of the circumstances when they side with the team. Remember, when they side with the Patriots, the Pats were coming off a season in which you know their passing game was almost non-existent at times. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a factor. Listen to Hunter Henry. Listen to Johnny Smith. You know, Hunter Henry's developed a good chemistry with the young quarterback on and off the field. I think those guys are well aware of the situation, and they understand. They're veterans. They've been around a long time. And I think the same thing goes with Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Warren. These are guys that understand that we are only in the first quarter of the season with a rookie quarterback and that things will develop. They will grow. They've seen the Patriots offense at its best with Brady at the helm and Josh McDaniels calling the plays. Now they're part of this offense where they're going to try to bring uh, the Patriots' closer to a standard that at least is acceptable here uh, by fans and media alike. And maybe it never will be. But nonetheless, I think those guys understand. They know the deal. I'm not worried about that at all. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. You can hear Bob and Scott Zolak on the call this Sunday. Patriots and Saints from Foxborough. And we are pumped about that as well. So let me ask you about a guy we don't usually talk about, and that's Nick Folk. Because I'm old enough to remember 2019 when Steven Guskowski was missing a lot and then was injured. And I'm old enough to remember uh, Mike Nugent being here. So how about the stability that Nick Folk has brought? Well, it's interesting, too. You go back to 2017, Folk's last game was for Tampa Bay. And it was a disastrous performance on Thursday Night Football against the Patriots. And apparently he was bothered by the same kind of injury that eventually uh, ended Steven Guskowski's career with the Patriots during that 2019 season. And the fact that Folk... You know, goes off into the private business world. He's working in commercial real estate. Gets the call from the Patriots eventually, as you said. You know, one of several kickers they had to call upon to try to fill the void left by Gostkowski. Deliver it in 2019. Then they draft a, a kicker in the fifth round in 2020. Yep. They signed Folk relatively late uh, in the 2020 summer offseason. He comes in. He wins the job easily. He misses his first two kicks, makes 26 in a row. <laughs> uh, sees the Patriots sign. Quinn Nordin, who's the talk of OTAs yeah. <laughs> in the early part of training camp with his big leg, has the huge game against Washington. And Folk accepts the, the situation, taking a role on the practice squad in name, in, in, uh, in, in, in official transactional form. And nonetheless, comes out in week one, elevated from that practice squad in, the, in his 14th year in the NFL at the age of 36, delivers, continues that streak on Sunday against his former team, the Jets, and now has a franchise record for most consecutive field goals made at 32. 
Yeah, he's been awesome. And again, it's provided a lot of stability. A guy in Foxborough who provided a lot of stability for a lot of years is Julian Edelman. The Patriots just put out a little while ago. They're going to honor number 11 in a ceremony on Sunday at halftime. So Pats will bring Edelman back to town. Um, just your overall impression of Edelman and what he meant to the organization for a number of years. Well, Julian Edelman is one of those quintessential stories for the Patriots. Drafted late at a different position in college. He's converted. It takes a while. Uh, has to excel on special teams, not only returning punts, but also covering kicks and punts. You know, for the first few years of his career, he's behind Wes Welker uh, primarily. Uh, he's used on defense at times, including in playoff games. And then in 2013, he's a free agent. He goes out, you know, he's coming off a foot injury, and there's no interest on the open market, it seems. So he resigns with the Patriots. They signed Danny Amendola to a big deal, uh, supposedly to be the heir apparent to Wes Welker. And Danny gets hurt in week one. And Julian Edelman has this breakout 100 yard, 100 catch, 1,000 yard season, and he's on his way to stardom for the team and becomes one of the best postseason receivers of all time. Toughness, uh, fearlessness, relentlessness. I mean, all those qualities about Julian Edelman, smart football player, a guy that you know, did suffer drops at times, but then when the games mattered most, made the catches the Patriots needed him to make. Super Bowl 51, of course, with a phenomenal play against the Falcons, but even prior to that, the game-winning touchdown against Seattle in Super Bowl 49, and also it was Julian who really helped to get them going on the drive with the Rams that put New England in the yeah. lead in Super Bowl 53. Uh, Edelman and Gronk on that drive, Edelman and Gronk in the AFC Championship game that year as well, uh, particularly on those third and tens in overtime. Uh, so to me, Julian Edelman really is emblematic of all the great qualities that at least uh, people like to wax poetic about when it comes to the Patriots during their dynasty years. You know, somewhat overlooked. A uh, player that uh, was developed and certainly coached into you know, becoming the kind of player he was and then became a leader by example, word, and, and work ethic off the field. You know, the Patriots are so technical, Bob, as you know. They feel like scientists. Everything is so calculated. I loved Edelman because he brought a degree of that backyard football nature to it where he brought that toughness that I thought the team really benefited from. Who's bringing that now? You know, Brady, I, I think that the, it's – you know, I got into this once uh, early on in my tenure with a couple of the co-hosts on my station about whether the Patriots were really a finesse team or a tough team, whether they were too you know, robotic uh, or not. And at that time, they had won three Super Bowls, and they got knocked around a little bit by the Ravens in a couple of AFC playoff games, championship games in back-to-back -back years, 11 and 12. And, and I think that, you know, it, it's a perception that really is unfair when you look at the team overall. Who's bringing toughness? Well, look at newcomer Matthew Judon, Matt Judon, on Sunday against the New York Jets. Uh, look at, uh, you know, Juwan Bentley in that game. Look at the offensive line, although they're struggling at the tackles position. David Andrews? How about Damian Harris on that run in which he breaks seven, eight tackles and then pushes the pile into the end zone a week after he fumbled, you know, deep in scoring ter territory uh, for the other team? How about, you know, what you get on special teams from the core special teamers? the Patriots send out there every week. I don't think that's ever been really a, a fair characterization of the Pats, frankly. And I think Julian Edelman, as far as tech, technical players go, Julian Edelman, part of his greatness was his technical expertise as a route runner 
understanding spacing, being on the same page, the exact same wavelength as Tom Brady, knowing that offense inside and out. And I think he was so valuable last year uh, with that knowledge to helping uh, Jacoby Myers develop. We've heard Myers talk about it a lot and some of the other you know, young players on this team that you know, Julian Edelman, yeah, he was gritty and he was tough, but he was also a very smart football player. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots, and you can hear him right here on WDEV all season long. We're going to have Bob and Zoe on the call coming up on Sunday against the Saints, and we're looking forward to it as the Pats make a push for 2-1. and one. Bob, we appreciate it as always, and look forward to the call on Sunday. All right, Brady, thank you.